0: Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. Before we start, we've got to give a shout out to our sponsors. We are sponsored by Packed Coffee. Now look, these get and I said to Dan, I said, listen, if I get anything wrong in this read, correct me. And I said, we're sponsored by Packed Coffee. And he nodded at me as if to go, we're doing okay so far. <laughs> Packed Coffee, these guys give farmers 60% more than the fair trade base rate, which I think is too much but they are okay with it like I go 20% more 60% more you create a coffee plan with these guys you get coffee sent to you as much or as little as you want and we're giving people Dan is this right 50% off their first and third orders that's correct he's nailed that yes also with these now you probably look at the main like Cafe and all those nerds and you're going are they doing like you know just the regular coffee flavors yeah what are pack doing well, would you believe me if I told you earlier, I had a bourbon biscuit flavoured coffee. What is there? Is there a wee fruit one, Dan? Is there? Yeah. We wee fruit one, mate? Not espresso. Not espresso? That's nuts. Not espresso. So, look, they're also they're giving people a good deal and they're also having fun with it as well. You get 50% off your first and third order. Packedcoffee.com. See, in the, uh, as well, on the back of the wee bag, you can see where it came from. Like, not just the country. But it also tells you the name. Like, Dan, who have we got there? What bad boys whipped that up? Gilberto Bacello. Gilberto bacello Like, I'm always walking around Tesco's looking for a bit of job. Who? <laughs> Gilberto bacello And we've got him. And we know he's a patron. We know he loves a podcast. And everything's coming together. Packedcoffee.com. The pod, they've got pods too. They've got pods. Everyone has a pod. They've got pods. So as well, you can stick them in your wee coffee maker. It's not just the raw coffee. Packedcoffee.com. The link is in the description. We are also sponsored, as always, by Manscaped. Manscaped. It's coming into the summer months. A little bit sweatier down there. A little bit more humid inside your trousers. What are you going to do about it? You have to take action. Take massive action. Manscaped. (laughs) Manscaped Manscaped.com. I'll explain after a well, while, he's laughing at that. Manscaped.com. <laughs> they have all the products you need to go into the summer. Are you a guy who likes to bulk pubically during the winter months? That's no problem. Not mad at that. You like to keep a little bit of blubber, keep a bit of warmth down there. No problem. But it's time to shear. It's time to shear. Manscaped.com. They've got the Lawnmower 4.0. It's got an LED light. It's waterproof, I think. Is it that? It's waterproof. So if you're submerged in the dark, you can still take care of your pubes. Don't worry about that if you're under under ice or something like that. You can still take care of yourself. They've got ball deodorant, ball cleanser, ball wipes, cologne, pants. All of it. Boxers are coming soon. Boxers are coming soon? They already they have boxers? They've got new boxers coming soon. New boxers coming soon. Oh why. Um so just code T With Me for twenty percent off and free shipping. Take massive action on your pubes. Let me plug Patreon very quick too. Patreon.com. By the way, let me say this. Put out an episode recently with uh, Jamie Lee and Searcher from Dairy Girls. Good episode. People enjoyed it. Couple of comments. These reads are eight minutes. The reads are eight minutes. Some guy at the start messaged me. Went, Mate, is there a way I can get this without the ads? No. Don't lay down the gauntlet where I do a 27-minute ad read because I'll do it. The ad reads are what they are, so we can afford... Look, we have a studio in Hollywood. It's cost nine grand a month. So we do ad reads for as long as we want. We plug everything. I might just start plugging things that don't sponsor the po- Adidas. Adidas. Yeah? I don't know what these are, because I was doing a thing with JD Sports in Northern Ireland, and they gave me these because the guy said bring a pair of Adidas from JD Sports, said, bring a pair of Adidas shoes to the shoot, and I said, I don't have any Adidas shoes, and he went, can you source some, and I literally wrote back and said, you work for JD Sports, it would be easier for you to source some, and he did, and this is them, Adidas, check it out, just do it. Patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast, we do a bonus episode on a Monday, last week we did it, this week coming up, we did it in Toronto, the week we were in, we did our episode in Toronto, week before that we did it in Lisbon, don't get used to that, we're doing the week, all the foreseeable weeks here in Hollywood, for God's sake. We do a live stream episode on Friday. The one we did last Friday shouldn't can never be related can never be made public, or we're all getting sued. Patreon.com slash tea with me podcast. My guest today, we have flown him in. I say that he was already coming here. I just picked him up from the airport. And like an Uber drive, like a, can I just say, Adam, before I introduce you, can I just say I think I provided a good service picking you up because you did. Told you earlier in the week. I said, "Listen, I'm going to take my co- the car seat out, take a child's car seat out." Yeah. I cleaned the inside of the car last night. Did for you for you boys to come pick can you up? Can I just check before we start? Is
1: this right in the way of my face? Yeah, can you push the arm to your right? Push it to me right. Adam, you do the biggest
0: podcast in planet Earth. Yeah, How I know, you but like, my <laughs> what happens
1: is Shane, I turn up in my <laughs> studio right and. I just turn, I, I just get told to sit the fuck down and start talking. I've never had to think about, are, are think you about the me. Are you getting me good sides? You know what yeah. I mean? Now no, no, they can see me, but I can't really see you. <laughs> It'll have to do. I think it's all about the people at home, is
0: I think the classy touch uh-huh. of me picking you boys up earlier was, um, was the pound I had ready. I don't know if you saw it, but to get out of that wee short-term car park, you put a pound in. Is it a quid? I had the quid ready. Sitting. Like, like, an experienced taxi man. Do you know what? Like, I,
1: I respect that so much. Yeah. The amount of tax... I mean, there isn't a car park in Liverpool
0: that you can get out of for a pound. I thought you were to say there isn't a the car park in Liverpool you've had to pay for. I was like, <laughs> I, <fuck laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just, we just drive straight through the fucking barrier, mate. <laughs> you spend all your Patreon money on replacement Bumpers. barriers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's principle, Shane. It's principle. Um... Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for the man who has a pound ready for something that you need a pound for mm-hmm. trolleys. Another thing, I refuse to buy one they're of not those. Still
0: doing those? No. Yeah.
1: In Liverpool, they are still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the rest of the world's moved on. Yeah. Most other places on the planet now, it's just the trolleys are free. Yeah. Because kids have moved past stealing them. Yeah. And pushing them in a the league. Yeah. We're still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we. Yeah. That's still a good Saturday afternoon
0: out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this age. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Um. Yeah, you've flown in. I We also said that, we remarked that now when you fly like in the UK and Belfast and that kind of thing, never, never a passport, never ID. No, no one gives, because I thought you boys would be ages coming through customs, security. I came into well, Canada last week. There's a slight bit of
1: security at Liverpool Airport. Right. So call Liverpool Airport an airport. Yeah. Is slightly generous, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. It's a bus station that <laughs> planes take off from. <laughs> That's what with it the is. Like, the, the security at Liverpool Airport is a scouse lad who's hung over who goes, Yeah, go on. Just go. <laughs> Sound. How many of you? 27. Is anyone here a terrorist? <laughs> no. Promise? Pinky promise? <laughs> Open the gate, John. <laughs> yeah. Um Belfast we arrived oh. and it was just and also, get off the fucking plane also, that's
0: and our, you're in the coffee shop that's our international airport <laughs> that's not our city one there was like, nothing, that's a big one
1: there was nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. getting on the plane today I give the guy my boarding pass and I was stood there holding out my passport as well yeah. and he looked at me like I was trying to hand him like, <laughs> yeah. like a, a poo I'd just done yeah. he was like why the
0: fuck would I want that yeah. no that's yours was like, always... it's a fucking plane that cafe that you just went to, um, it's weird because when you yeah when you after security when you get through when you land in Belfast there's nothing but that wee Italian coffee shop and there's always just a sad man there. Seen him? Who clearly yeah he's always there and clearly like he's meant to meet a woman who hasn't arrived. Yeah. And he's always sitting. and He's like it's all good. They're like yeah. we're closing. He goes no, flowers. No, it's fine. Yeah. Dead, <laughs> flowers. Dead, dead flowers. Just dead flowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I cleaned it. I, I properly cleaned the car for you and the boys last night. Well, thank you very much. I so appreciate that. Because you said, I mean, with hindsight, it wouldn't have. Because what happened is, I took the car seat out for the baby, uh-huh. cleaned underneath that because there's all the shit that he's eating, drinking in the car, and then you said there'd be four of you, and there was three, and that killed me. Because yeah. with hindsight, could have just kept the baby seat in
1: You it. could, you could have, could have. So when I was arranging me travel, and you gotta understand, I'm horrific when it comes to admin. Right. Um, I booked the flights for this gig, which has been. In my diary, since for a year, yeah,
0: I booked the flight for this four days ago. Mm-hmm. So, man, after my own heart, can I just say these boys will tell you, like, I—it's ha- not our job. I haven't it? booked
1: my hotel for Dublin tomorrow, right?
0: And I'm there for two nights. <laughs> They'll freak out.
1: These boys love organization. Do you know what I'm waiting for, travel? though, lads. Is the thing it. by the time I checked it, the prices for hotels in Dublin for tomorrow were insane. So I'm now waiting for that last minute yeah. panic from the hotels where it comes. You're buying the dip, like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm I'm treating hotels like the stock market. <laughs> I know it's coming down. I
0: know it is. I do that with like transatlantic flights. Yeah, and there an hour before the gate opens, being like, don't worry. Yeah, we're gonna we got right to the airport now.
1: before. And Thomas went. Thomas is my support actor. who's come with me, and Carl's with me. Me, mate, and my tour manager. And uh, Thomas was like, uh, "Is it all under one booking?" And Carl went, "Thomas." He might not have booked this show. <laughs> <Yeah. year.
0: laughs> can I just say, one time um, I was in New York and had just finished a gig. flight like the next day, was at like 12:30. Absolutely. Do you, you just do Triple H? Uh, I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really so, sad version <laughs> of it. <laughs>
1: Triple H in the retirement home. I've still got it. It's just a bit of chicken soup. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh yeah, I was doing a gig in New York, and uh, say the gig finished at nine p.m. Yeah, Uh, me and a videographer were there, and we're gonna travel home the next day because the flight was at like twelve in the afternoon. Yeah, but as we were eating our like five guys or shake shack in New York, I got a text from the airline to say bookings just about to close. It was twelve p.m. that night, but you know the way they do the week in brackets plus one. Yeah, yeah, that caught me out.
1: Yeah, so, I'd absolutely have been done by the same it thing.
0: It got me. 100%. It got me. So the um, reason
1: it was going to be four of us is I've got a videographer with me. Don't say he's dead. He's, yeah, he died <laughs> on the way. But the show goes on. <laughs> the barrier, you're reading the car bug. I was so shit at arranging travel that he got bored of waiting and booked his own travel. Right. So right, right. he, and this th- this is still a amusement to me, he booked his flights to Dublin and back. So we're in Belfast tonight. Yeah. We're in Dublin tomorrow and Monday. And he's filming all three nights for me. um, And he he's just said he's going to fly to Dublin and then get the train up and then come with us tomorrow. I think I'm just going to hire a car tomorrow and drive yeah. to Dublin, I think. Yeah. Um, And then he's going to come back with us on the Tuesday. Right. But he just got bored of waiting for me to actually book the fucking thing. Yeah. And he's gone, I've booked my own flights. Yeah. I'm getting here at this time. So that's why there was only three of us.
0: Is this your first Belfast tour show? Ever, yeah. Plus.
1: I've done, I've done the 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 gig at the Empire twice. Yeah, like a few years ago, and I've done. I did one with you at Limelight. At Limelight in the smaller room. Yeah, which was just like a comedy club night where you'd, a mixed bill doing twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, first time doing an hour there.
0: Class. It's uh it it sort of is a comedy city now. But like it wouldn't like like even when we were doing the comedy club. Yeah, that was just what that was going to be one of. Four or five clubs in yeah. Belfast, like there's. I have seen you a car on the way down. Like we don't have a weekend club, which is nuts because it is mad. But maybe it's benefiting you seeing a bit to not have yeah. that because
1: outside of Liverpool, like I'm very proud of Liverpool at the minute. Liverpool's on fire. There's so many like homegrown talents in different areas and comedy in particular. There's a few podcasts that are doing really well, and there's comedians who can sell the arena and can at least sell theatres like big theatres that and they go outside of Liverpool and they haven't quite got as big of they've still got a following but not as big a following and I think the only thing that's similar or maybe the same or even beyond us is what I see in Belfast Yeah, maybe I'm seeing it from afar but obviously you did two nights at the arena last year Yeah, and you're doing is it like four or five or six at the fucking Grand? Nine. Is it nine? Yeah. Lads like yeah. <laughs> like, and I've seen the other I lads. don't like to say
0: it out loud Because it scares me You know what I mean I'm like no no
1: don't worry But that's Do you know what I mean Like yeah. m- maybe You'd only be doing eight If there was a weekend club yeah, That you were available yeah, To go yeah. and see that every week So yeah, uh, they, it, it,
0: It's I wonder is it like Is it a working class thing Is it because the cities are, are There are loads of similar, similarities Between Belfast and Liverpool I mean People from here Like me included Like the first time I went to Liverpool I was like This is like being at home it doesn't yeah, feel so, like I'm in England. I well, it, you're not
1: really. Yeah, like there's a a, a very parochial nature, it, and I think that's what you're on about. Really, is that the, the old sort of one of ours? We look after our own thing. Yeah, I see it a lot in Newcastle and Glasgow as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And to be honest with you, I'm quite guilty of when people go, "Oh, what are your favourite cities in the UK or the country or whatever." I always talk about Newcastle and Glasgow. I haven't been to Belfast as much as I'd like to have been here. But you are right. It's definitely got a similar vibe and it should be definitely on that list when I'm talking about it. Because there's there's definitely that here. Yeah. There's de- it's a it's a total disregard for the, the authority of establishment. Yeah. Where it's just like we don't fucking we want nothing to do with any of you, we just want to do our own thing. Just leave us the fuck alone. Yeah. Like and we'll we'll build it ourselves. Like yeah, I th- I, 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 it's definitely a working-class thing, but it's also, there's working-class cities that don't have it, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, yeah. there definitely is, like Leeds doesn't have this, yeah. and Leeds is a working-class Yorkshire town, but Leeds doesn't have this, he's one of ours, and that, like they're building homegrown talent and there's not Leeds comedians filling the Leeds arena <laughs> yeah. and then not going to and going to Manchester and selling a, a few hundred tickets. It's just not yeah, happening. Like no
0: one, I'd never overheard anyone go that fucking Leeds scene's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just does fucking happen. Yeah. Have you been to Coventry lately? It's yeah. on oh, fucking oh, fire, yeah. mate. Um, like the way people moved to Austin in America, but like we're heading, we're shipping up, we're going to Coventry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Imagine if that happened. It, yeah. If just some <laughs> shithole
0: in the middle of England. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Coventry. Uh Became the the hotbed of UK comedy. Yeah. Everyone just was like, fuck London. We're time to move away. Yeah. Yeah. Manchester, we don't even like you anymore. We've decided comedians are gonna yeah. comedy the Coventry <laughs> and make it the place to be. People from moving, like Australians moving. Fucking right. <laughs> Kevin
0: Hart. <laughs> Coventry. It's Coventry. I think I did one of the first because for people who don't know, and I'd say a lot of people even from here do know, Hot Water Comedy Club is just the Liverpool, uh, probably not fair to say the Liverpool comedy scene, but it's it's the jewel and the crown. It's like the yeah, main yeah. club. And it wasn't.
1: It wasn't when it first started. It was you know it was the the underpriced newer act. Yeah, sort of up and coming club. I think I was there early doors, really early doors. I think we met at the Crown Pub. I can remember where it was. How long ago would that? that that's more than ten years. So that's right next to Lime Street Station. So that will have been two thousand and eleven. I remember no, 2012, right maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. So, Hot Wars a Comedy Club started in a nightclub called Envy, right?
0: Great <laughs> uh, name for a nightclub
1: <laughs> with an I, Envy with oh. an I, yeah. I envy, I... <laughs> <laughs> envy. <laughs> um, and then it got to the summer, and I think it, it must have been the Euros, not the World Cup, but it got to the, the summer of 2012. And the owners of the co- the the nightclub said to the comedy promoters, "We're gonna play every game from the Euros, so you need to find another venue just for the summer." Right. And hot water found a pub called the Crown, and the gigs were just better there. Yeah. So they went after the summer. They went, "Well, we're not coming back." And envy were fuming. Yeah. Um, but they just stayed at the Crown for a while. Then they moved to the Holiday Inn because it turned out one of the managers of the Crown hadn't told his superiors that he was running the comedy club and every penny that the upstairs bar was making he was just taking
0: home which is fair (laughs) fair. (laughs) he'd just gone
1: he'd gone to the comedy club yeah you used to take the upstairs room he was stocking it with his own alcohol right
0: moonshine whatever (laughs) whatever he could get his
1: hands on and he's filling it up and then at the end of the night he's just taking that till and just no card payments upstairs right just all for him you know you wouldn't get that Coventry, <laughs> they're, they're good people. I act. Do you know what? I'm not even messing. I think this guy was from Coventry, and I'm I'm not even joking. I'm like ninety percent sure his name was Mick, and he was from
0: Coventry. It sounds legit. That's so funny. I'd forgot about that. Um, that gig was that gig was great. I just went and did an open spot. Yeah, well and it they was
1: packed? So they used to do hot water started, and it, it was a Sunday open mic night. And then they added Fridays in. And their Friday wasn't a professional bill. What They called it, whose headline is it anyway? (laughs) Right? And the, the concept of the show was they had an opener who did like 15 minutes, a break. And then in the middle section, they had three acts do 10 minutes. And then after the break, they'd get the audience to clap for their winner of those three. And that winner had to do another 10. Oh, okay. So it was like... Whoever wins gets to headline the gig. Yeah. But what would often happen is you'd get a quite new act who only had 10 minutes, <laughs> yeah. and they'd fucking storm it, take the roof off, and then they'd go do another 10, and they'd be there going, so what do you do? <laughs> like, they had nothing else to say. And then they eventually added Saturdays in, which were professional bills. Right. And then that always, it, it's sort of the gimmick of the Friday then became sort of a burden, and they ran out of a talent pool to do it. So they made the full weekend in the crown, and then the holiday in the pub in the the hotel function room. Which the fact that they made that work is a miracle because yeah. it was a sanitized shit room with generic art on the walls and stuff where people have like conferences. Yeah, yeah, at, at, like it was hur- like and like really underfunded weddings. Yeah. That's where we were doing comedy for like four years. Yeah, and then they bit the bullet and went. We're gonna buy a club. We're gonna be Liverpool's first purpose-built comedy club, and then a couple of us filmed a couple of things, and the clips went viral. Yeah. So I, that, remember, I remember the start of that. I'm watching. It. Yeah, it was mental. Like it, it was sort of the catalyst for the start of me having a career above the circuit. Yeah. Um. And then they, the owner of the club, just seeing it and seeing it as an opportunity. I think he spent something like twenty-five grand on cameras. And we, at the time, we, all the comics were like, "Why are you doing this?" And he was like, "Trust me, Yeah. this yeah. is the thing to do." He's yeah. like, "I'm gonna kick the whole fucking venue out, and this is gonna be the place people come to film stuff. We're gonna film every show, every bit of compare and Paul the compare does. We're gonna put out. And at first, Paul the compare was like, "I don't really want me comparing and bits going online." Right? Imagine if he that. Like, like, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking arena comic now. He sells more tickets than. Almost anyone else in the UK, he's yeah. doing three thousand seats in Glasgow and doing three night runs. Yeah, like he's massive, and
0: it's all from comparing clips. And he 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 compared that gig I did. Yeah, and he was. I remember being like, "That guy is unbelievable," because it didn't feel like he was doing. Material. He was just talking about home. He was just talking about his like what had happened that day in his house. Yeah, he's, I was like, he's
1: fucking brilliant. He, he's he's fucking unbelievable, Paul. It's quite funny, really, because there's a thing. As much as working class cities love their own. There's, there's a sort of, it, it's like a, a, it's a thing to pit people who are doing well against each other. Right. Do you know what I
0: mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So
1: I'll get people stopping me on a night out. I mean, like, do you know what, lad? You're fucking well better than that ginger cunt. Yeah. He's fucking <laughs> shite, lad. All he does is fucking talk to the crowd. <laughs> and I'll get tweets along the same line or like DMs or whatever. Yeah. And he gets the same thing. We just send them to each other and fucking buzz off it. Yeah. My favorite thing to do though, Right. In the world is when I get in a taxi and they sort of recognize me. Like, if, if I get in and a taxi driver goes, What you do? I just say, I work in a bar. I can't right. be arsed with the conversation. Yeah. But if they go, where do I know you from, lad? I know they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Even if yeah. that, and sometimes they have already, they just don't want to say it. Yeah. And I yeah. go, Oh, I'm a comedian, mate. You might have seen a couple of me clips.
0: Yeah.
1: And then because not everyone knows me and Paul are really, really good mates. Like, I, he had his. Uh, his second wedding last week, yeah. Um, and I was the master of the ceremonies at the first one. I was one of his two best men, yeah. Like, we're close as fuck. Do you know what I mean? You're getting good bookings at his weddings. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I got barred from making a couple of jokes, right? Because I wanted to start by saying, Give us a cheer if you've been to one of Paul's weddings before. <laughs> 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 Any regular thing <laughs> I, I, I told a few people I was going to do it, they're like, It's funny, we'll clear it with Paul. And Paul was yeah. like, Look, <laughs> normally she'd love that, right. but today. Just just don't. Yeah. Um so I made a different joke about how he was punching above his weight. I was like, it just goes show it doesn't matter what you look like, as long as you've got love in your heart, hope in your soul, and a Lamborghini <laughs> 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 Someone will fuck you Um there, there was a yeah. Which a joke, by the way,
0: is way harsher than the first joke. Yeah, but it's it it is, but I it's know. harsh on him, innit? It's on him, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like yeah. the first one is like you're not his first wife, it's at air expense, isn't it? Um there, there was I was gonna say something else because his first wedding it his first marriage didn't last very long. So I was gonna say you just look at Paul you look at Paul and Laurie and you just know that it's gonna last longer than his first marriage. <laughs> and if we give it an hour and a half, we'll know for sure. <laughs> and I was I was so close to doing that one. Yeah. And one of my mates came to me and was like, lad, just don't. Yeah. Like what 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 is the benefit to risk ratio here? Yeah, of course. You're gonna get a decent laugh, yeah. but you could ruin the wedding, and I was like,
0: "Yeah, okay." We, fair we, which my mate Dave did, so everyone who listens to the podcast know, knows Dave Elliott did a, fr- uh, a best man at a friend's wedding in New York. Yeah, made a very and I, it wasn't about the bride or groom. It was someone at the wedding he made a joke based on something that was in the press about that person, and at the time, yeah. And he said, "I said, did it go down well?" He's like, "I kill. I definitely killed the vibe and ruined the day." But it was in New York. So we had to just be in New York for like that whole day and the day after. He's like, there was no escape. He couldn't just drive away and not be there. He's like, it just stayed with us in New York. Oh, and and weird. when he told he's he was like, do you think that was bad? I was like, it was specifically about a court case that somebody was going through. It. I mean, it was the it's the worst. My dad's speech at my wedding definitely crossed the line. Like my dad, um, it didn't really, but my dad said the phrase, dicky boots for condoms. My dad said, I've always told Shane, like his first line I think was, I've always told Shane, any advice I can give him in life is make sure you wear a dicky boot and never wear socks in bed. And that was, <laughs> no. people were like, I saw people at tables being like, what is a dicky boot? And then they worked it out. But my dad will say dicky boot and I'm like, don't just on my wedding, don't say dicky boot. See,
1: if I was to, if I was to get married tomorrow, Right, yeah. My, by the time the speech has come around, if my dad tried to do a speech, he'll be so fucking drunk. Right. It'll just be belligerent. He'll just be recognising people he hasn't quite clocked onto the fact that they're there. Yeah? yeah. He'll just be like, oh,
0: I've, I've, I've fuck off, you. <laughs> that would be it. Be fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah. That. No, De- Dennis killed it. Like he w- he was doing the open mic scene and the run up to he, I I think he might have been. He was literally like, <laughs> he got up and there was comedians in the room and he was like, he roast he like roasted a few comedians that were there you know and it was it was a very it was a very good speech i liked it um, i get I got, I got so nervous doing a speech at my own wedding
1: yeah so the only time i've ever had to do a speech at a wedding was paul's first one because i was one of two best men so the other lad had gone oh, i've written loads of funny stuff so i was like i'm not as a comic gonna try and out funny yeah yeah so i just made it really sincere and lovely Right. I just sort of shit out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I could just be really nice. Yeah. And that's a flip on what people expect. And then he can be the funny one. Yeah. Works. I also think what's going to be, if I ever get married, my best man will be me, make Carl. He's the producer of our podcast. It's going to be a room full of comedians. And he's going to have to try and do a funny speech to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, quite looking forward to watching. Them. No,
0: I, I had non famous friends do a speech at mine. And they, they did all right. They did well. Yeah. Did well. There's
1: so much love in the room, though, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The reason I brought Paul up before is what, one of my favourite things I, with people trying to piss us against each other is when people don't know we're that close and right. I get in a taxi. Yeah. And you're a comedian. Yeah, yeah. And then they start slagging Paul off because what I do is I join in Right. <laughs> yeah. for the length of the journey. Right. And then as I leave the taxi... I tell him that we're best friends. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just to ruin some taxi driver's <laughs> yeah. fucking day. So I'll, let, I'll be like, oh, that ging- that, ging- that do you know him? I'm like, hey, oh, what, who do you mean? Do you mean Paul, lad? Yeah. That Paul fella from the hot water one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what do you think of him? It's not for me, really. It, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, lad, not... I just think it's for... Write a fucking joke. Yeah. Like, not every fucking... It doesn't have to be all about the joke. I'm like, I know, mate. Fucking does, I'm working my ass off, you know. I'm writing hour after hour of stand-up and he's just up there just trying to fucking make it about... And I'll do it for a full 20-minute taxi ride. Yeah. I'll pay him. Like, nice to meet you, mate. Nice to meet you, lad. Nobody's going to look with the comedy. Oh, by the way... Uh, you know, Paul, it's actually my best mate. I think he's brilliant. See, like, lad, shut the door and just leave. <laughs> he
0: just sits for an <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think so. Sometimes people don't understand. You can like more than one comedian. Like, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Like, there's no. And th-
1: there's just this like, and this is, this has been within the industry more than anything else for a while. There's always been like this famine mentality with success, which is like there's a finite amount of it available so yeah. if, if Paul's doing well I can't be we yeah. could both yeah. possibly be doing alright yeah.
0: it's just not the case no that's definitely a thing here yeah like that's definitely a thing here or like you put a show on sale and someone's like ah he's not happy because you know he's got a show six months after that you know like <laughs> it's all good people want to come and see everything <laughs> yeah you know? they really really will um, but the, yeah the scene in Liverpool like uh, it, it it genuinely is my favourite place to tour because it's, it's always going to be good yeah now the last time I was there Difficult. The last time I was at the fire You literally bent the place down Didn't you I go over to Hot water comedy club It's a late show Now here's the thing about me I like I like I like to go to bed early Quarter past ten What? That, that's By the way I mean I'm sl- sleepy bye-bye It's quarter past ten I, I like to be in bed I have a, I have a young kid You're tired You're doing so stuff You're fucking comic Shane Todd? Yeah but early I like to go on early And get home early Go right. sleep. So you if you're what, doing a tour
1: show. Yeah. What times do you start? Seven.
0: Quarter past four. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I uh, no, I. I'll do it. Yeah. But the earlier the better. Right. Ideally, the show starts at eight. I'm on at eight forty-five. Wrapped at nine forty-five. Half ten. Land of Nod. Ideally, not always possible, but I, I I like it. I like. What did you do before you went full time at comedy? Uh, just chilling. No job. No, no, no. I worked in a worked in a
1: call center. Right. So you've done day jobs. Oh yeah, yeah. I've always worked. See, there. I've always been a night owl. Right. What you're saying to me. I only was for like WrestleMania or whatever. Yeah, it's, once a year. It's so alien. So I'm right. the exact opposite. Right. I'll get up once a
0: year, before ten. <laughs> yeah. I I don't get that. Like, <sighs> do, like I think I go to sleep. You fall asleep. You're probably watching stuff late at night after a gig or whatever, and you just. I When I get in from a show I can't go straight to bed Oh I'm the opposite Like you know, People I, are like Oh the adrenaline No <laughs> I get adrenaline <laughs> I get adrenaline before it And my main thing When I'm on tour I play the game of If it's a Saturday night tour show If I get home for even the second game on match of the day starting, yeah, it's it's a win. Oh, occasionally I'm I'm up for that. Like I'm not
1: like a fucking party animal. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. I was a little bit more when maybe when I was younger.
0: But will you stay up? Like, will you stay up regularly? Like past midnight If you if you're off, you stay up past midnight. I can't even if tell you're... if you're joking. Like, I, I swear, right what you're
1: What you're suggesting as yeah. a lifestyle is so alien to me. I feel like you're taking the piss. Right. Uh, right. If I'm in bed before one o'clock at night, like one o'clock in the morning, right? There's something's happened. So if I'm in bed before 1am, it means like the night before I've had no sleep because I've been out late or like right. I, I've been up to something on a long drive back or yeah. whatever or I've had a horrific day, or I'm sick, Yeah. if I'm asleep before 1am, like, if I get in bed at half two, I'm like, ah!
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Get a decent kip here. That's crazy. I, I th- See, I, I'm always trying to avoid the devil. I think the devil comes out about 11pm. So if I can get to sleep before he's a boy, Me and the devil are best mates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're waiting up for him. <laughs> we, When's the devil getting here? Come on. We were in Toronto last weekend, right? Yeah did a, a tour shows on uh, shows on the Sunday and Monday night we got there on a Saturday mm-hmm. I was like brilliant I go, I'll go do a club got in with Yuck Yucks like their main club in Toronto we've just arrived it's all good check my email as I arrive I wonder what time my spot's at Sh- show starts at half ten I can't believe I'm, I'm literally sitting in the wings like fuck this I'm not I'm not third act on have you done the clubs in New York yeah so
1: some of the but I'm on jet lag start, like, that's okay that's
0: what ge- I work jet lag in a way where I go on I think it's only like 5pm 6pm I'm okay oh with my that God, I can make an exception I just like an early sleep so this show on hot water in Liverpool was due to start and I think half 9 it'll be half 9 Yeah. so I'm doing the miles on that Vittorio was there to open he's like how long do you want me to do I'm looking at the clock like 4 minutes <laughs> 4 minutes and it's a 30 second interval Um, but I think yeah everyone's in the room. We're in the we did the, we did the club before yeah. for the club night, um and that was nice. And then the the then all of a sudden this manager walks in and she's like, right, every, and everyone starts running out. And she's like, there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Now I just bought what do you is it Liverpool one that big shopping area? Yeah, I just bought a really nice coat in Zara. Yeah, hundred and ten quid. Uh-huh. big purchase i wanted like you know like a big long mummy coat yeah one of those big wrap around yeah yeah one of those um so when she was like we need to go you wanted um, your coat yeah so i went back and i think people thought fuck he loves his fans you know they thought <laughs> like i was like running back through the smoke and like going to come out with a few students on my shoulder but it was the it was the i went back i got the coat i got my rucksack um, me and Vittorio carry me out and he's like you can walk and I said no just carry me you're um, here for support Vittorio exactly you literally need to support, support me getting um, up the stairs <laughs> also you knew it was like a crowd from home like a Belfast kind of crowd yeah. because there was smoke in the venue and I remember looking through it just seeing like five guys with pints yeah. just like being like wait we'll be out in one second <laughs> they were like the band on the Titanic I'll, I'll leave <laughs> when I'm warm yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it gets too much I'll leave so Everyone has to leave, and we're up on street level, and it's a it's a basement venue. Yeah, it's a basement venue. The best comedy clubs are.
1: Yeah, it, it should. Have, the original Hot Water, just a little side note here, was in an attic. Right, right. But they built it. This is how much attention they put into their venues, right? They built it so that so they had a, a full level floor like this, and they built three steps up, so that you had to come down three to get into the gig room from the bar so that it felt like you were going down. Right, right. <laughs> so they had a perfectly flat entire floor of a building, and they built it up. You literally went up three steps just to come down, them, to go from the bar area into the gig room. Because Binty, who like designs the clubs, yeah. was like, people are in the best frame of mind if they've gone down into a comedy club.
0: <laughs> He's like, I'm turning my attic into a basement one way or another. So it's, a, it's in the basement. There's a fire. Everyone's out in the street. I'm weird about, I don't know what you're like with this. I don't really like the audience to see me before a show. Definitely takes a bit of shine off eh? it. It's just something where like also you'll get into that way. Like people might be like, and you totally understand. They're like, oh, can I grab a photo? Or you're doing the thing that you would do after before. I just don't like that order. I like them to just not see me. I'm 100% with
1: you on that. So if I have to like walk through the venue to get to the dressing room and the audience is already in and people ask me for photos, I just say no. Right. I go, we'll do it after the show. Yeah, do yeah, Do it after yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. And never say yes, because if you do one, you're going to do 50. Yeah. And you're right, and that's, I don't, uh, I, some comics these days open for their opener. Yeah, yeah. They go on I've and compare, that. Yeah, and then bring their opener up, and then the opener, then they have a break, and then they go back on. Yeah. And that definitely makes the opener's night better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Operation Human it. Shield. <laughs> because the first time your audience see it, if yeah. they're fans, which ones you're selling tickets they are, that's yeah. who you're performing to. Yeah. The first time they see you, they're excited. Yeah. The second time, they're happy, but they're not excited. Yes. And that excitement makes the first 20 minutes of your show better. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. And I want that in my bit. Yes. Not in the fucking openers bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> you're here to
1: make it easier for me. Yeah. Like, otherwise I don't need you. Yeah. Like, if I'm not going to have you, I no, might as well just fucking open for myself. Yeah. If I'm going to give you the easier gig, <laughs> I'll save your fucking hotel, your flight, and your fucking... <laughs> I'm not don't opening. I'm not opening for the opener. Yeah. This is your job. <laughs> Would you not just introduce me? No! <laughs> yeah. Fuck, go on. I'm having a kip.
0: Yeah, I do the offstage mic. I do most of the time. But in a different voice, so people don't think it's me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a different accent every night. <laughs>
1: i do that most of the time because i think they like that and i'll make sure they know it's me so i'll be like what's happening ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for packing this place out please make some noise for my mates and your opening act whoever it is yeah uh for the majority of the tour I'm you'll say that in. word for word whoever it is
0: yeah. <laughs> whoever this cunt is <laughs> yeah. i'm sure he's
1: good uh thomas green has done the majority of this tour he's been great um but like sometimes, like last night, this week has been fucking crazy. I told you about the schedule before. And Middlesbrough yesterday, we had no hotel in Middlesbrough because we were driving straight back to Liverpool afterwards. Oh, okay. So I thought you were get, waiting for
0: that dip again. I didn't get me after the nap. dip. You, you so hold on, let me get this straight. You stay so you stay up late at night, mm-hmm. late at night. You get up late in the day. You said if you're up before ten, that's no. That was I was just I was doing a little ha ha okay. there.
1: So normally I'm up between <laughs> nine and ten. Okay. That's normal. Mm. That's
0: normal mm. for me. Okay. But then you'll Fucking all... judge me. But then you'll all... No, but I will when you say that you'll also nap. Yeah, I will. If I, I, not every day. 21 hours <laughs> sleep a day. <laughs> no. Don't. Think about what I'm saying. So yeah, right?
1: It's common for me to be in bed at around three. Yeah. Right? Between two and three. Right. So let's take the earlier side of that, just to be generous to you. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Right? So that's <laughs> yeah. 2 a.m. Right, yeah. and then let's say I get up as late as possible, which is ten. Yeah. That, that means I've only had eight hours, and I don't sleep well. Right. I'm not a I'm not a consistent sleeper. I will wake up three or four times in that sleep. Right. right, so it's not a solid eight hours. I think that's God's way of saying go to bed. At yeah, maybe 10. it is. Well, <laughs> fuck you and fuck <laughs> him as well. Okay, I'll go to bed when I want. Keep disrupting me sleep. I'm rebellious. Okay, that's what it is. It's rebellion. So let's say let's let's say I only get seven or six or seven hours sleep there. That's, that's not enough. Yeah, it's just not right. I need eight
0: yeah.
1: so in the afternoon occasionally not every day but if I've got time I'll have a little you know yeah. if I'm in a hotel I'll go out th- throughout the day I'll get up go and have breakfast
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'll go if the hotel's got a swimming pool and a steam I'd love a little bit of that go and do that I'll go I'm a bad for retail therapy yeah. nothing makes me happier than buying myself something right okay. so I'll go local shops in whatever city I'm in especially if they've got like a decent trainee place where they sell, like, red or, like, whatever, uh, like a streetwear store. I'll go down those places, buy myself a couple of things, get back to the hotel. And I've got hours before the show. So often I'll just put a bit of Netflix on and I'll just have a little 20 minutes. Okay. And I needed that yesterday because the night before yesterday, so yesterday was Middlesbrough. The night before was Newcastle and we went out afterwards. Now, I'm a big Liverpool fan. My me, me tour manager, Carl, and my best mate is a big, big Everton fan. And Everton fan had just secured their Stand fight against up, relegation. Yeah. They were staying up. So he was made up. So we were going to have a few drinks. And then he was like, wanna, let, come on. he's was, he was, His little face, he was dead happy. And I don't hate Everton. I'm not one of those Liverpool fans. I, I enjoy the derby. And I wanted them to stay up. I'd quite like Everton to just, in perpetuity, be 16th or 17th. Yeah. Just a constant wave of misery for like, their entire go lives. Go
0: on a good run and then capitulate. No, like, you're, no, no, no. You always no. just. Off, like like, I want them to
1: look dead sets for relegation every year yeah. and always just about stay up right. that's yeah. my ideal because yeah. then I still get to play them twice a year yeah. then we also get to beat them twice a year yeah. and they they have no joy yeah. apart from the last game of the season where they just about stay up yeah. and that's because I don't hate them yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, so we went out in Newcastle so get up the next day you're a bit ropey I've had, I've had next to no sleep I needed a nap yesterday so while my support act was on and the half an hour before that in the dressing room, I just there was a big couch. I just had an hour's kit. See, I worry about waking up out of sorts. I
0: don't know. That's my sleep alarm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I could you could wake me up. Thick. You could wake me up and go. Announce you done now, and I'll be fine. I'll be
0: absolutely fine. In fact, I might be at the top of my game. Ooh, I, I I I do know comedians that do that. That do have a little sleep before. I will do it sometime. If I if I have a real early morning flight, you know, if you want the the cheap flight. Yeah. You'll take it if I'm in a, if I'm there at like seven a.m. in a city to do a show. I definitely will need the nap, but I'm cranky boy when I wake up, so I need a little bit of cool off time. I need to go for a walk. I can be cranky in the morning, but after a nap, I generally feel quite refreshed. Do you stay up late for like
1: for freeview or something? You had yeah, like yeah, the, the TVX. I'm, I'm waiting for <laughs>
0: yeah. sex <et> yeah. Saturday.
1: <laughs> That's wrong. So you know the way you get like, You're a like sat- five like, to twelve. You know wow. the way you get a satellite delay yeah. sometimes yeah. in Liverpool. Our satellite delay is fifteen years. So you know, at the minute, you might see like, if you have got any like Liverpool followers or you follow anyone from Liverpool. Yeah. A lot of people talking about the Champions League final. Yeah. They're actually looking forward to Athens 2007. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone's really excited for. It's finally being televised you, in did Liverpool. You, did
0: you used to have cable? Tell. <laughs> did you have cable? Tell. Yeah. Oh, Channel 61, 62. What was it? Porn. was it? Hmm. TVX and... What was the other one? Yeah, okay. TVX and... The, yeah, there was another one. And the, when that preview started at midnight. I just used to put um, the, the sex line ones on. And just...
1: I always used to try and lip read the women. You know when they just stood there with the phones <laughs> yeah. and they like, call me. Yeah, And then they'd get a phone call. <laughs> yeah, And like, you can see them talking. I'd always be like, what's she saying? Oh, in the background? Do you see a few of them? No, like... Have you ever never seen, like, what, yeah. what, what were they called? Like, Babe Station? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And she's there with a phone. Yeah. And you can call her. Yes. But it's silent. It's just, like, sexy music. Oh. But, like, the only person who can hear what she's saying yeah. is the poor cunt who's rang and yeah. actually paid to speak to this woman <laughs> who quite clearly doesn't want to speak to anyone. She's just there. Like, there's no effort in it. She's just holding her. Yeah. She's just got a phone. She's like... <laughs> and she's talking to the fucking the next girl who's coming on. She's not even looking at the camera. She's just there... In and in underway. She's like, fucking out." Oh, on, buddy, also, John,
0: ring me. What are you saying? Also, none of those girls are doing what the guy's asking because no one's ro- ringing with a normal request of like, just keep dancing to that sexy music. <laughs> like, it's always, it's bound to be the weirdest stuff. But like, you can lip read them. And right. sometimes you'll see
1: them go, what do you want me to do to you? Right. And it's like, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> what, what what If he gives you his wildest dream, what are you then going to do? Like, oh, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> Kimberly, get that kettle on, girl. Yeah, he's only got
0: 40 seconds left. He's going to run out of credit. He's just told me. The best the best thing for for you and all that was if you were staying up for wrestling when you were a kid. Yeah. That's how you... could you'd be up
1: anyway. See, I begun. tried to get into wrestling when I was a kid, and I just couldn't what, do it.
0: Professionally? <laughs> no, no, no.
1: I tried to get involved. <laughs> Everyone else was into wrestling. Yeah. And I just never, ever... It was me nan. I've told this story on Have a Word. Right. Right. Tell us. I was watching it. Because like, I was like, it's great. I was trying to convince myself. What are you age? Like
0: 14, 15?
1: No, younger. Right. Like maybe eight or nine or whatever. Yeah. So I'm watching it. But even then, I could tell it was fake. You know what I mean? I don't know whether you remember as a kid, there was like a debate amongst children over whether it was real or not. And there were all those
0: Channel 5 documentaries. It is real. The real wrestling.
1: And... But we all thought WWE and WWF, yeah. like what it originally was. We, yeah. we thought it was real Yeah, as kids. absolutely, yeah. And me nan, with like just classic scouse nan and a ciggy. Nah, it's a load of fucking shite. <laughs> fucking nowhere near his head, that. Fucking swung that chair, fucking two yards above him. Look! And then shows a replay and it misses him. <laughs> and I'm a nine-year-old going, me nan's right. Like I, I can never, ever get into it this
0: is which is the same with like Santa <laughs> she's like no mission he's hitting that many houses what the and fucking
1: size, size of the guns how's <laughs> he getting down now <laughs> use your brain <laughs> you stupid <laughs>
0: I bought you those I bought
1: you those. <laughs> I've always said I'm never doing the Santa thing when my, once my kids are like seven yeah. and they understand that they need to be grateful yeah for like stuff they're getting told who's buying the presents yeah 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 my like son's
0: tw- one and a half and he's been told to. <laughs> yeah, <it's> from me
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um I might do the whole Santa tells me whether you've been good enough that's good I like that so Santa's still real but then I get your presents
0: yeah I like that
1: so I, I need Santa's my kids to know that I'm it's me you you need to respect yeah not this fucking bearded fella who's flying around with fucking yeah dogs with sticks in it
0: that's, yeah I mean? I uh, <laughs> I, um, I did that oh yeah that Liverpool show <laughs> fire in the that's venue that's a fucking hell of a tangent that one <laughs> fire in the venue show sports supposed to start at half nine fire brigade are on the it's a full blown fire yeah I look at my watch half nine it's like quarter to ten at this point and I'm thinking how long I mean there's a the venues I've closed hot water hot water comedy club here is done yeah it's fire damage it's done probably be open maybe the next time I'm touring maybe in a year or so I'll get back to it venue manager comes up uh, she's like right uh, there's a fire there I said okay um, presumably you can do refunds for everyone uh, and I'll get my manager to be in touch she's like relax she's like we'll do the show It'll just be ten minutes I was like but there's a fire. There's a fire in, in the venue. So Be- I, I know who you're talking about. It's Becky. Right. I was like, Becky. Becky. She's like, Shane, we've got fucking water, mate. Don't worry. Becky said, here's what Becky said to reassure me. She goes, don't worry. This happened before. <laughs> well, at least it's in the basement, Becky. That's good. And she goes, the fire is, I, I said, is the fire on a different level? She's like, no, the fire's in the kitchen on that level. But don't worry about it. We'll do a show. I think then in my head, I'm like, everyone here has. And by the way, the a whole audience are standing on the pavement. And I'm just standing there in my big mummy's aura coat. Like like, all worried. I remember being with you there, right? Yeah.
1: And I seen a difference in our personalities that night. Because stuff like that excites me. And on the night, fire. But also like problems. Right. I like a problem. Right. Right. Especially with what we do. Because what I did, didn't I? I ran into the restaurant and was like, there's a restaurant over the road. And I ran in and was like, can we bring... 200 people into your restaurant. By the way, there was standing in the corner
0: and tell dick, dick yeah, jokes for 20 th- minutes. Th- there was nobody in this restaurant. No, there was, there was one guy and about two punters. And you walked in. And you try, I've never seen a man try and hijack a bar. <laughs> you went in and said to the guy, What about? And it was all quiet. And he was like, Thankfully, someone's here to order a beer. Like, we'll make a bit of money tonight. You were like, What if 200 Irish people walk in here right now and we just and do, do a, a comedy gig? show? And the guy was like, He pussied out, didn't he? He's like, He's like I'll phone my manager. And yeah. like, imagine for a place that's doing no business. Yeah. And in and going, do you want 200 people to come and buy a lot of alcohol? Yeah. they like, no. So you you were like, I'll come and do it. I'll do a spot. I'll open. um, And then in that time, after like more than an hour, and it got to the point where I was like, this is wild. And I think, and by the way, everybody at the show went and bought carryouts. Yeah. And they were standing, drinking carryouts, watching the venue. I was still going to have to perform it on fire. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I think it's wrong. And then... I came full circle and was like actually this is mad you've got to do it this is mad
1: I couldn't understand why you didn't want to do it on the night I now do because you were like fucking it's bedtime and it's
0: course past bedtime well, I, yeah. I had those if you noticed I don't wear glasses but I had glasses on you know those painted on ice Shane what do you want to do about this I was just against the lamp I was gone I was out <laughs> for the count um, <laughs> but I didn't want to do it and then I was like yes you know what this is going to be fun to talk about why I'm in Liverpool now let's just do it Yeah. and it's one of those ones where I was like I'm up now I'm up now. We're not going to get to sleep early. Yeah, I've I've worked that I out. Want to do a show let's like do that. it. And it was so we also like people had places to go after whatever. So we thought, right, let's let's not do an interval. Vittorio did literally five minutes at the start, and I went on, and it was the best show of the year of for me. It was, but it's so always good. always going to be because I here here he was my fear. The only thing we can talk about at this show is the fire. Yeah, and I've got an hour and I've worked on this tour show and I want to give you that and I I love going away from the material so I'm going to do that a bit but I was like everyone's just going to and I did maybe five, seven minutes at the start about the fire talking to the audience telling the story from my point of view and then just did the gig and it was unbelievable it was so good and the next morning yes I was a cranky bear but I was like, that. I'm so glad I did that.
1: Yeah, you've got like... And the
0: photos of standing outside, fire brigades, standing with the audience. It's a story, innit? it? I,
1: I sort of try and live by what will make it a better story in five years. That's how I try to yeah. make my decisions. Now, that means I often lose money gambling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's quite an interesting way to live your life rather than playing it safe all the time yeah yeah there's certain times where you go what's better here if you don't to bed that night you'd have been gutted yeah like you didn't try and do it yeah I yeah. i think you should always try and do it i also for me stand up in particular is supposed to be rough and it's supposed to be problems and there's supposed to be yeah. and you're supposed to like comedy works better in shitholes yeah, yeah rather than great. really like have you ever done like a a, a theater gig in like a and it's a really sanitized venue where so they have like conferences, council venue, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it just feels a bit too nice to do what we do. Like a fucking dark basement, yeah. That like, there's a fucking aircon dripping at the back on a seat, and there's a big smouldering like, as yeah. well. There's <laughs> there's embers, like like that's, like, what that's are what these we, candles. <laughs> we have candles. That's our annual fire. <laughs> 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 we do this once a year. Um. Yeah, I think I think stand up should be about those weird shows where yeah. mad shit happens.
0: What's the what's the worst tour situation you've got yourself into? Like if you got yourself into like a show where you've had a massive problem with a venue or Um I won last year. No, I, I, I haven't got a story along
1: those lines, what happened?
0: I won last year, um, where we were doing an outdoor tour and it was brilliant. It was like you're able to do things again and every night the weather was unreal. So if yeah. it was shit the night before, overcast or raining, whatever way it worked, I think it's because I go to bed early. God help me out! And just made the weather like if you were doing it'd be a be storm, it'd be. Uh, but anyway, the, the the weather was always good, and it was it was there were proper outdoor gigs, and we did a big one, about four hundred people, council theatre, council venue, and at the mall, I was bringing two openers doing fifteen minutes each. I was doing roughly an hour after a break, and we got to this one and. Uh, Someone from the council that ran the venue was like, uh, yeah, so what time do you want to start at? I said, do you want to start at eight? She said, you've got to start at half eight. I said, yeah, it's fine. And you talk about like a job's worth. Then she was like, yeah, and your performance, this has to be three, two uh, two and a half or three hours. I was like, "Nah, that's not that's not what this is. Like, no one would want that. So I was like, we'll do two 20-minute sets, break, I'll do an hour. She was like, "Nah, you s- contract stipulates, you have to do this amount of time. And it was just before I went on stage and we had like management involved, tears, not mine, um, arguments, all sorts. Got to the point where I had to just ring comedians and go, You about mate? Fancy coming on, pad the show out a bit. We ha I was then told, There's been a, you do have to do we compromised like two and a half hours and shout out to Jordan Robinson, who's a comedian from here. he's Done Hot Water a few times. I phoned him up, I was like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm doing a shop in Tesco's, the kid just abandoned the trolley, in Tesco's, doing his big shop, he said it was like, some out of, like a doomsday movie, he's like, people just saw this trolley, like, slowly moving <laughs> down, moving down the tin soup aisle, and he just got in his car, he was there in seven minutes, and we ended up doing it, and it was brilliant, but like, yeah, tours, like, that Liverpool thing, was the first one for me, where it was like, a wild thing on tour, and that, that other story, was the only problem I've had, but, by and large, tours run nicely. So, on
1: on two sides of that story, first of all, I, I like how comedy's going at the minute in like sort of on this side of the, the Atlantic because I think America have had it so much better for a long time where they're a lot freer with it. Like, over here, it's been you have an opener, you have a break, and then you do your show and it's fucking done. Yeah. And that just doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. Like, you sh- it should be a bit f- more fun and free. And like, there's been times on this tour where I've got my opener but like a mate of mine's being in town and some of them are like way too big to be open for me. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, they're here and I'm like, do you want to just do 10? Yeah. And I'd do that for anyone. hundred. Any of my mates. If I'm in town and they're like, oh, I'm doing my tour show. Do you want to do five or 10 minutes or whatever they want? I'll fucking do that. Yeah. Because that's
0: funnier to do and surprise the audience and whatever. I'm doing a corporate, 40-minute corporate tonight. You fancy doing half an hour? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Split the money? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> um, that's also where I draw the line on corporates. I've right. never done more than half an hour at a corporate. I never will. Same. Same. So whenever they get in touch, like, yeah, we want you to do an hour. I'm yeah. like, I know you think you do. You don't. You actually don't. Yeah, 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 you don't. Um, the job's a thing. I've had that before, where people are like, no, we have to do it this way. And I've... <laughs> I could never do a normal job. I was never destined for that because I've got absolutely zero respect for authority and especially people like that. Yeah. No, it has to be done this way. Yeah. It doesn't. And I know, Joe, you know I know it doesn't because we're not, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And I know it's more likely that you get fired than my show gets cancelled yeah. because yeah. there's a thousand people who've paid 20 quid a ticket. Yeah. They're going to want the show to go ahead. And so does your boss. So compromise and do it fucking... Yeah. Na- no, it has to be done. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. to be done <laughs> like that. It absolutely does not. I know it doesn't. Because I was in a different venue last night with the same contract. And they were fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. So stop it. Yeah. Janet. Can you come with me on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I won't do this. I'll just hand it off to someone else. Today. I'll just yeah. like, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can always be figured out. Yes. And jobs where too are like, now, honestly, we, we have to do it this way. Yeah. Things have to be done this way. It it just doesn't. Yeah. You can. I'm doing my tour show in Liverpool next week. So we're doing two nights at the Philharmonic Hall. Stunning venue. Right? Yes. I'm really happy to be there. And the staff have been, for the large part with it, amazing. And as I've already said, my admin skills are quite shit. But like there was one bit. So with our podcast that we do, we give our patrons. Early access to our tour tickets. Yeah. Yeah, 48 hours, right? So every other venue was like, yeah, we'll send you the link 48 hours in advance. It won't go live uh, on the SEO to be found until two days later. It's great. Liverpool us build Philharmonic Hall. I was like, I need uh, a link 48 hours before it goes public. They're like, well, we give our members 48 hours early access. And I was like, great, just send me that link yeah. and I'll put it on Patreon. They were like, can't do that because what if our members like sell it out? And I was like, well, it's just not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Um, and they were like no we can't because our members get really pissed off if they find out the link's being shared I was like n- they'll never know they will literally never know Yeah. I was like so what's the solution here they went what we'll do is we'll give you 400 tickets and you can just sell them through an external site Skiddle I use yeah. and uh, then we'll allocate them near the time. don't worry about it so I was like right okay their members access to my tour show sold two tickets to 1700 seat venue Right. Yeah. They gave me 400 tickets for my pre-sale, which sold out in 11 minutes, and we could have done a lot more <laughs> if they'd just sent me the fucking link.
0: Yeah. Right? But the members would have been, the the four members. Two total, members. Imagine in total there is four members. <laughs>
1: oh. So a couple of weeks ago they got in touch and they're like, uh, "What are we doing about those 400 tickets you've got?" And I was like, "I don't know." Yeah. And they were like, "Right, well, we need to distribute those tickets," and I was like, "Cool, crack on." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "You need to get in touch with Skiddle." 'Cause they're gonna have to send out the tickets for us. And I was like, Right, okay. Um and then they got Skittle come back and was like, right, it's too late for that now, really. So we're gonna for us to do that, it's gonna charge us you're gonna be charged three pounds fifty a ticket. And I was like, Right, so that's fourteen hundred quid And they were like, Yeah, I went, well I'm not paying that. So speak to the venue because yep. this was all their idea and figure out between yourselves the venue come back i'm like no it's on the artist to sort this so we're gonna have to adam you're gonna have to cover it so i seen those emails and if they ever see this podcast i'll be
0: maybe in a bit of trouble um, one of one of the members <laughs>
1: <laughs> of averages. <laughs> i i was like right okay cool i was like i read the emails and i thought do you know what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna not reply <laughs> I'm going to ignore this problem and I guarantee it'll go away yeah. if I just pretend it doesn't <laughs> exist. Right? Because I'm not paying 1400 quid. Yeah. That isn't happening. Yeah. So I'll well, ignore it. So it's still it. unresolved. <laughs> right? They rang me yesterday, the Philharmonic Hall, and they were like, what are we doing about these tickets? I was like, oh, do you know what? I've had a really busy week. I've been behind on my admin. I haven't actually had a chance to read those emails. What's the current thing? And they went, well, if you download the, the Skittle data of everyone who's bought the tickets that'll have their address their name and their email address on if you just send that to us we'll just distribute them free of charge and i went yeah not a problem (laughs) so your
0: advice to me is just ignore a problem ignore it'll go away yes medically every all of it i don't open mail
1: (laughs) I can't remember the last time I opened a brown envelope. Yeah. If it's white, I'll open it. Because that could be like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, if it's blue or pink, I'll open it. Because yeah. that's probably a birthday card that got lost in the mail. It might have 20 quid in it. Right. A brown envelope, yeah. honestly, yeah. is the most terrifying thing in the world to me. Yeah. What? Why? Why is anyone opening that? But it would
0: terrify me to not, to just... Not open
1: it. Yeah, but I don't want to know what it is. Right. It's not good news, is it? You know? It's not going to improve my day. Yeah. I, I live my life on a day-to-day basis. You could die tonight. Yeah. I'm unhealthy. I drink a lot. I don't eat very well. I could be 12 hours away from a stroke. Yeah. Do I want to spend those 12 hours knowing that I missed a parking ticket <laughs> and that it's now 500 quid? Or do I want to live in ignorant bliss yeah. and just no, i on with you? Day? Yeah. I will not open mail. Yeah. I, when I'll open it is when it comes with a red stamp on it. Right. And I'm like, right, now it's a serious problem. Yeah. And then I'll open it. Yeah. Yeah. Until then, I've just got no interest in any letters... I don't get why any. I don't. I can't get my head around the mentality of someone getting a brown letter and going, "Ooh, yeah." Uh, why? It's self sabotage. That's what That's they're true. doing, not what I'm doing. <laughs> it's it's. You've got to be insane yeah. to get a letter in a brown envelope and and be any other than dismissive of it. Yeah, I just can't do it.
0: Um, talk to me about the podcast. So have a word because uh, I I follow you, I know you. I I kind of saw the, saw the formation of it. Saw like you were doing it. I I'm right in saying in in the spare in Dan's spare room. That's where it started. Not yeah. our Dan, your Dan. Yeah, that's um, where it started. Yeah. And was it was it over lockdown or was it
1: before you started? No. So Dan had wanted to start a podcast for years. He actually had one in the past called In the House, which was good. And then he started a new one. He bought the equipment. He bought a couple of cameras. His cameras at the time were not for the full episodes; he was just doing them for the odd clip or whatever. And he started a podcast called The Hack Radio Pod, which was essentially his marketing of it was: as a comedian, you're not allowed to be a hack, but no one's ever said that's the rule of podcasting. So we're gonna make a shit hack radio show with sound bites and right um, regular like listeners calling in and stuff. And he wants to do it that way. And I, I think I was guest like five on his podcast and he knew i was interested in starting something i was in the process of buying the equipment myself so i was going to start a solo podcast sort of like this and where i'm interviewing comedians and fucking around doing whatever i want with it and i was also going to be using it to sort of formulate new material i wanted to just rant and try and remember the funny stuff and then take it on stage that was my plan and i still might do that to be honest i might do a little separate thing once my tour's done i want a new project um but mine and Dan's episode of the Hack Radio pod, his friend rang him and was like, look, you should carry on doing the Hack Radio pod, fine. But you and Adam should do something because this is just so much better than the other four you've done. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's Adam. I'm saying it's you two together. Yeah, There's something yeah. there. So he got in touch with me and I said to my girlfriend at the time, uh, Dan wants to do a podcast with me. And she went, do it. And I went, what do you mean, do it? She went, you're not going to do one. Right. She went, you might eventually, but you won't stick with it. Yeah. She She's like, you might eventually, but initially you won't stick with it. It'll be two or three projects and you'll eventually find something. But you're a lot better if you're accountable to someone and you'll be accountable to Dan. She was like, if you've got to be somewhere, you'll be there. As long as it's not you you're letting down. Yeah. So be accountable to Dan and do it. And I was like, right, okay. And it was her advice, really, that really resonated. I was like, she's absolutely fucking right, annoyingly. So we started, we we put an idea together. We called it Have a Word. The idea was, there was a lot of podcasts at the time that do like an agony aunt section. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, there's a reason that works. It's because it's easy for people to write in. But how can we flip it a little bit? So the idea was people can write in and we will have a word with their friends on their behalf rather than Get giving it. them advice. It's like, me mate's doing this. Will you have a word with them? Right. And that became the title feature. We had a couple of other features as well. Um... And we started in January of 2020, we uh, launched, we'd done like three pilot episodes that we just put in the can. And we eventually released them on Patreon as like bonuses. (laughs) Uh, And then the coronavirus came around, COVID. And at the time I was still going to dance every week to do the podcast. And I don't know whether you remember just before that first lockdown, the idea of going into a lockdown was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Ju- it was just so far from feasible yeah. that everyone in the country was going to be locked in their homes. We were all like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." Yeah. So we, as a joke, said if we go into a lockdown, we will do have a word every day. First of all, thinking the lockdown had never happened, and second of all, thinking if it does, no one will want that. Yeah, yeah. And then it did happen, and then our listeners went so every day. Yeah. <laughs> so we did six days a week. We did Mondays to Saturday every week. Sundays off. There was days where the last person I wanted to speak to on the planet was Dan Nightingale, and vice versa. We were just looking at each other like, I've got to have another fucking entertaining conversation with you. I've got nothing left to say to you. Yeah. Six days in a week. (laughs) When was the last time you had six hour-long conversations with the same person the same week? No, no. And that kept us going throughout that first lockdown. At the end of the first lockdown, we... Sorta of, sort of glare and gap in the UK podcast market that was already sort of happening in America. We were like, we should be the first one over here to get our own studio. Now, obviously, there's podcasts that record in studios in the UK. Yeah. But they weren't their own. They were all hiring like a... Generic comedy yeah, club studio or... Yeah, so we were like, let's get a fucking room in somewhere shit, somewhere cheap. So we set up for Runcorn because it was halfway between, between my house and Dan's. Decked it out, made it look so... The videos have become quite iconic. If I I have a word clip comes up on your phone, you know what you're watching. Like it looks like a bright orange couch against a blue curtain. It's just so mismatched. No one's really going to copy it or be able to. And the brick wall backdrop behind us, very, very deliberate sort of branding to it. Started getting guests in because the first 75 episodes... There's no guests. Oh, okay. And they're all audio only. They're still available everywhere, but they're, right. they're just me and Dan and they're just audio. Episode 76, our first guest was Paul Smith. Yep. Um, And that was in the studio. And then from there, we went, because obviously we've been doing it every day. So when we first launched our Patreon, there was no benefit to signing up. We were just like, we could do with some money or we're going to have to stop.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So we got like four or 500 to sign up and that kept the thing going. And meant me and Dan didn't have to go deliver them for Iceland or Tesco or whatever in that first day uh, lockdown. So when we moved into the studio, we started getting the guests in. We start the, the way we did it was we were like, right, now that we're not doing an episode every day, we'll do one public, one exclusively to Patreon every week. And with the public one, the first half there's no guest. So we do it we split it into four sections. So it's sort of mirrored, really. So the first the first section of four is just me and Dan, no plan at all. We just turn up and start talking. Second section is just me and Dan answering listener correspondence. Uh, third section is me, Dan, and the guest, no plan at all. Fourth section is me, Dan, and the guest, listener correspondence. And the reason we did it that way, we were like, if people just want me and Dan, they still get it. If people want just the guest... They can just have that. yeah. And if people want all of it, then they get that. So you can have the best of three worlds, really, whatever it is for you. And it's just sort of snowballed. It's changed my career. I was already sort of touring and at a very small level, but, you know, 100-seaters and that around the UK. I was already touring and it's bumped me up. And Dan wasn't. Right. Dan had zero following, really. Yeah. Um, And he's now, you know, he's about to do a a 30-date UK tour. Yeah. 99% 99% of which the sales come from podcasts. I mean, fans. it's
0: such an unbelievable, like we, did we start before COVID? Before lockdown? Yeah, like shortly before five, six weeks. yeah, and we did that thing of doing like a daily, a daily one. And it like, obviously when you do stand up, it establishes a connection and put out videos and all that kind of thing. But nothing does it more than a podcast because if it's done well, it is you being you. You're not doing like a, like I've done radio before and I've done a radio voice and I've not been me. Yeah, yeah. But like this is just there's like a conversation we'd be having any all. Yeah, and it doesn't
1: no matter how big it gets, the 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 room doesn't really change. Yeah. Like from when we had two thousand listeners when we first got the studio. Yeah. To now, I think we're currently doing like a quarter of a million a week. Right. What we're doing and where we're doing it has not changed even a little bit. Yeah. So Two thousand people being behind that camera, or a quarter of a million of them, the the setting doesn't change, so you still there's no extra pressure on it. You don't feel like there's a quarter of a million people downloading it. Yes, you just feel like you just sat around
0: in the same way you were before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, by the I, way, you use having a set and a fixed set. Yeah, it, it made me be like, we we need to get a fixed set. Well,
1: that is very very nice to know. We've had a lot of podcasters go, oh you know, we talk a bit of inspiration from this and we're fucking made up with that. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm very much, I'm a bit, I cake and eat it too because I have had some sorts of TV opportunities and I've got some more coming my way and I'm very grateful for that. But I am at my heart anti-industry. Yeah. And I'm very yeah. much, the industry is better than
0: comedians' hands rather than... I, I didn't realise I was until maybe like a year ago. Yeah. I was always like, if I have an idea for something it can only go to the BBC. Yeah. Because that's the only broadcaster we have here. Yeah. Like, fixed here. And it was like, you'd take an idea, it would get rejected, and I would be like, that's the end of the idea. There's no yeah. there's no other option. Whereas, doing this, and when this has started doing well, it's the only time where I've been like, oh no, we can do things, and if there's something exciting that maybe is a TV thing or something you get approached with, and you actually really like that. Like, I definitely, I think there's a attitude of like, and it's, ha- it's happened for maybe five, ten years, where, It's almost like not cool to say you want to do TV stuff or whatever. But I think deep down, anyone saying that, if they had a slight opportunity, they'd take it. They'd take it. They all want it. Yeah. And I
1: I take opportunity. I also turn down some stuff now. Yeah, yeah. Because there's some stuff, like when I started comedy, I was like, I want to do everything. Because I was just like, in my head, when I started, being on TV equals good. Yeah. Like, equals I am good at comedy. And that's just not. True. Well, there
0: was a there was a route you felt that you had to
1: take. Yeah, and it's just not there anymore. Yeah, like I I love how many comedians, whether that's on the back of have a word or of their own volition or whatever, they've got a podcast now and they're building their own audience and they're building this thing where, and everyone's the famine mentality I was talking about before, when it was just TV, we were all competing for the same twenty jobs. Yeah. Yeah, th- that we're not all competing for the same twenty audience members. Yeah, because someone who loves this podcast can also listen to ours. Yeah, and can yeah. also listen to Dead Men. And they do. They do. And they do. Yeah, and yeah. there's there's almost like it's obviously not infinite, but it feels like there's an infinite amount of fan base out there for us all to have and share. Like yeah. when we have someone who's doing well with their content, or even if they're not, and we want to give them a boost, we just get them on. Yeah, and. We share their stuff and it should be the way it's done. Yeah. Um the industry is much, much, much better in comedians' hands than it is in people like uh, you know, there's a lot of T V producers who are fucking great, but there's some who should be absolutely have zero involvement in yes, the actual 100%. jokes. Yeah. Why don't we put a vampire in it? Fuck off. Yeah. Like <laughs> shut up.
0: <laughs> go away, There's a
1: reason you've hired us, because 'cause we're funny. Yeah. And there's a reason you're behind the camera, it's cause you know how to fucking edit so edit yeah. us being funny yeah. <laughs> oh, don't no, get me started um, but it's
0: just like, like you say going from that you know 100 seat tour and kind of thing and see, seeing all the numbers bump up it, it's just that connection with the audience now and being able to almost do a show anywhere like to be, to be able to go I know there will hopefully be enough people in this place that like this Where I like me doing Toronto like I couldn't have done that two years ago a year ago but kind of just about enough people now to do a show. And that not that is not lost on me to go and do that. No. Or even go to Liverpool and like do a venue there, and the venues here and the venues you're doing in Liverpool, that would have been reserved for, in the kind of TV-dominated time, that would have been reserved for an elite band of maybe 10 comedians yeah. who were huge on TV. Mm-hmm. And now people from our cities will come and see us. Yeah. Because before
1: it's absolutely insane. So the last tour I did, I put very similar sized venues on sale for this tour just to see. And I've like, this tour is going to be 80 dates by the end of it. It's too many. Right. It, it is too many. Yeah. Um, it has meant that I've got to do the show a lot and get it tuned. Cause we are going to film it and try and sell it to um, a streaming service. And if it, they don't buy it, then we'll just put it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's, it's sort of hard to get your head around the growth of it. And that's why I put similar size venues on sale to the last tour. Because I genuinely didn't know what impact it was going to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we, we knew we had new fans. We just didn't know whether they were live fans. You don't know whether they're going to come out or they just enjoy listening to you in your car. Yeah, yeah. But we've gone from like, I think on my last tour, I sold 3,000 tickets outside of Liverpool and we did another thirty like 1,100 in Liverpool. No, thirteen hundred because we did two dates. The second date was at Hot Water, so you're looking at like four thousand tickets, maybe five. Yeah, this tour's gonna have done twenty-five thousand by the end of it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's five times, the, and there's places where we probably should add extra dates. Yep, but I can't be asked now. Yeah, yeah. There's also places I haven't managed to get because I booked this tour myself. Um, the next tour I've gone with a promoter for it's already being booked for next year already. Yep. Um, but like Aberdeen. I've got to get to Aberdeen. I didn't go this year. I know I can sell a load of tickets. Up I there. love that that's in the back of your mind every no, but, day. Because th- I get messages about it all the time. Why the fuck haven't you come to Aberdeen? Yeah. <laughs> Dundee apparently. Yeah. That's somewhere oh, yeah. I need to go. Yeah. Um, everywhere on the south coast. I've, I'm going to Brighton. And Brighton sold out like that right. because I'm not doing Southampton, Bournemouth, or Portsmouth. Yeah. Like London, we've had to do four shows at the Leicester Square Theatre. Yeah. Probably should have been the Shepherd's Bush Empire. Manchester. We broke the record by two. So before, I'm doing the frog and bucket. Yeah. <laughs> the record they had at there was someone in the past had to do four tour dates. We're doing six. Class. And it should be seven, thing. but I can't, I, there's I no time? space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, the last days of the tour is the 25th of June in Liverpool. That's the very, very, very last date. And I've had venues come back and go, do you want to look at July? No, I do not. Yeah, I'm yeah. filming it on the 25th of June and I'm starting right in the next one. I'm going yes. on holiday for a week. I'm going to go and sit in the south of France on my own, wear completely white, white shoes, white socks, white shorts, white top. I'm going to look like an absolute twat, white sunglasses, I swear <laughs> to God. And I'm just going to sit there and get drunk by a pool in Monaco. And then I'm going to come home and start writing the next show.
0: Yeah. All in white? Yeah. Yeah. South of France? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That feels like the uniform. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe not all, like not all. Like maybe the black sun You want white no, sunglasses? Too. White frames, brown lenses. Right. And why that look? You just feel like you want... You just I, picture that in your head?
1: When I think of Monaco,
0: yeah. I think of that. Right. Yeah. Fedora as well. Oh, yeah. What
1: what colour would that be? What? No, I think you have to... You
0: have to mix it up with there. Right. Light blue. No. <laughs> That's an outfit. <laughs> yeah, light blue. What and happened to you? Get
1: inspired? I was looking for a like <laughs> I was looking for a, a colour around the room that would be like, oh, like that. But yeah, you haven't yeah. got it.
0: Nice. Well, this tea no, this is kind of, kind of like an off white. Um, but people know what light blue. Uh, they can yeah, see it.
1: But it's just speci- I've got a specific light blue in me, right? Like a powder, powder blue. No, more. Mm. I'll get it up after the show.
0: I'll show you what I mean. Okay, cheers. Slide like away. Dan's bottle cap. That's too dark. No. It's too dark. Yeah. Fuck's sake, Dan. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I- Belfast tonight. That'll be fun. Limelight One is a great venue. It's really good. Everybody can see. It's nice and neat. I yes. like the stage. Where are you gonna have dinner? I don't know.
1: I want some recommendations. Nando's. Yeah, but is there not like a Belfast institution that I can go to? Nando's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> AKA Belfast own. <laughs> is is there not like what are you in what are you in the mood to eat? Alice and me. I know, but ideally, think about your attitude with the South of France. You're like, I'm doing this. I'm wearing this. What do you want to eat tonight? A beggar. <laughs> and okay. fries. Bunson. Bunson. Okay. Yeah. If I didn't have a corporate gig, I would Sherpa you there. Uh-huh. But um, Bunsen in the Cathedral Quarter. Okay. You'll love it. It's really good. Um, cheers for coming on. I feel like I could talk to you for two, three hours, but Thanks you've got a nap to have and... I've got to get to bed for tonight. <laughs> 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 um, I'm coming over to you next week. You are? You're coming to do have a word? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that. I was supposed to do a gig that night, but I'm now not doing that gig. So I'm just like I'm just hanging about. I uh, might I might try and do hot water. Okay. I'll, when do you fly back? Um at the minute it's that night, but I might change it to the next morning. Okay. Depends if I can do the gig.
1: Yeah. I've got no gig that night either. Do
0: you want to play five or seven or something?
1: yeah actually I'll try and get a game if you want class I'd love it yeah that's the night before my Liverpool tour days
0: let's not because seriously if we imagine we do and like somehow we get in a tangle and you like do your ACL I'd do you know that. what I've been more gutted about I've got a ticket for the Champions League final on the Saturday oh there's too much like there's too many there's too many sitting ducks here but like you say you live your life one day at a time so exactly. fuck it yeah I broke my leg about I'm not playing with you 12 sure. weeks ago <laughs> and, then, and then had to do a load of shows that was fine. You can't. Do but you don't, you don't want to do for your big one, yeah. Or oh, your big—you don't want do your big one. And
1: Paris, I've got to be in Paris. Like I've got to be. I downloaded my ticket for the. Gym. Oh, I think you meant plaster. No, Paris. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. got my Paris ticket. It's on my phone. I downloaded it yesterday. Right. I, there was a one percent part of me because I got the tickets. There's a podcast listener who got them in the UA for ballot. Right. And he messaged me and was like, "I've won the ballot. Do you want my tickets?" And I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. and then he went right here's my login for the UEFA app you can just go and pay for them yourself and I was like right great and I did that and I was like I hope this guy's as sound as he seems he is yeah and then yesterday he sent me an email He's like here's your tickets
0: what does he want out of this nothing
1: he wants He wants to meet me for a pint in Paris because he's yeah, going he's going
0: to tell you he needs a kidney yeah and you'll give him it <laughs> 100% you literally can't I'd out. give him both of me <laughs> <laughs> Um. I love that that's yeah, nice so I, I like Paris is more important than the, the Philharmonic Liverpool gig Nice. Um, Adam, cheers for coming on. Appreciate it very having very a good one to in Belfast tonight. I'll Thank see you, you next week. See you next week. Thank you very much, everyone.